a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the Restricted Section, a pro-trans rights Harry Potter book club, Harry Potter slander book club podcast. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 38. The Second War Begins. It's all coming to an end, just the sad strings of the story wrapping themselves up in this final chapter of Order of the Phoenix. Way back, like, a year ago, when Tina asked, hey, what chapters do you want to be on for Order of the Phoenix? You're like, Alex, I want you to be on. Are you cool with coming on the chapter right before after Harry? Or Harry loses Sirius. Sirius dies. It's really depressing when I'm going to have you and Haley on, and we're going to drink a lot. It's going to be great. Like, sure, sounds awesome. Uh, That's totally uh, the chapter that I read, and I completely forgot that that had shifted uh, at some point. And uh, so I read... A lot of this book today, and I just oh, gotta, I'm so sorry. I just gotta <laughs> say, like, fuck this thing drags. Like, yeah, all, yeah. I'm like skimming. I'm like, all right, like, yeah. Uh, Harry like is still super depressed, and like fucking now we talk so to fun. Luna, uh, then we talk to Nearly Head Newest Nick, and it's like there's a lot of it's like a Star Trek episode, just a series of different conversations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very disappointing ones. <laughs> For this episode, I'm going to um, just like phase in the audio, perhaps upon the words that were just uttered, okay. you know, like like uh, in media res. And um, so I want us to sync our audio now and then we can just chit chat into our first shot. And then right after that shot, I'm going to start the episode proper. OK, sounds good. Um, so let's synchronize our audio. I'm going to count to five. Please join me for four and five. One. Two, three, four, four five. five. Cool. Oh my God, Alex, for Andrew's birthday, we're giving him the gift. We j- I just decided this today, so it's on my mind. Great. But we're giving him we're giving him the gift of allowing him to DM a one shot for the movie night crew. Wow. Is this is <laughs> that's that as a DM myself, that is so kind of you, voluntelling somebody. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'll have you know that I asked if he was like, I, I know you don't want to host parties, so let's think of some activity. I said, I'd be happy to DM a one shot. I think that would be good practice for me. And he was like, that's a great idea. I actually have a one shot. I'm in charge now. I'm the captain now. Oh, <laughs> he took control of his own ship. I'm like, so happy for him. I was like, you go right ahead, my dude. I, I, t- Tina, at the start of that, when you mentioned Andrew and his birthday, I'm like, okay, this can go a number of ways. And um, out of the five possibilities I can think of in my head, uh, four of them involve K-pop. So like, <laughs> so this is the fifth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, unless it's a K-pop themed one shot. <laughs> um, and Freya is planning on attending, so it's going to be Baby's first D&D session. Oh my god. That You know what? Missed opportunity. That's what I should have gotten Freya for her Brooks baby shower was because they make these little children's books like my like baby's first like D&D and it's like A is for Aboleth. 
B is for bugbear. That's cute. I know. So cute. I love that. <laughs> are you are are we ready to do our pre-show shots? I mean, right. I'm I'm just I'm just giving myself a little pour here. I have no idea. I, I think it's peach. Drink, it's a teacup. It's peach brandy, and I'm drinking it out of a fussy little Japanese <laughs> teacup. Haley just moved house, so it looks even more than ever like an antique shop behind her. I will have you know I've unpacked and organized a lot since the last time you saw. <laughs> well, that's exciting that you moved, though. Did you, like, stay in your building, just, like, move, like, a floor? What's going on? I moved, uh, so it's a property that's still controlled by the same landlord because I have the one landlord who will be spared in the revolution. Like, I, I actually love Elliot. John <laughs> and I hope to someday perhaps become... The third, the second and third landlords that will be spared in the I, revolution. <laughs> Just by way of we're going to accidentally have a second house. Well, uh, well, uh, how you do that is uh, when something breaks, you try to fix it within 48 hours. Ailey, look at me. Do you think Sean would love to be a landlord? I think he'd be a great landlord. <laughs> I do well, honestly, I think <laughs> Sean and Elliot it. would get along. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's a building that's owned by the same guy. It's exactly one block down from, like one number has changed in my address and that's oh. all. Like it's so funny. I'm on the same Moving street. Her was very funny. Yeah. How much more space do you have? Uh, it's it's not more space, but it's like better space. Yeah, like in terms hey. of the living space, it's about the same. But like the kitchen and bathroom are both so much bigger. They're really not That's that amazing. much bigger. They're like five percent bigger and I like can much nicer stuff in them. <laughs> Hey, well, that's all that really matters. Storage is. is everything. It well, is. Yeah, the kitchen is great. As you get older and you just accumulate like stuff, mm -hmm. you realize it's just like we're magnets or uh, a snowball rolling down a hill that just gains mass. Like having storage is literally the best thing that you could have in a house. And that is unfortunately mm -hmm. the one thing that's lacking in ours is we well, have luckily you have so many spare rooms to shove shit yeah, in. Yeah, your house <laughs> is from your house is from an era when people owned wardrobes. We don't we <laughs> oh, don't yeah. we have one teeny teeny tiny closet downstairs for everyone's jackets and all the pet shit and all of our like bags. But yeah. you know what? We do have rooms where you can just you know what? Forget a closet. Why yep. not just use a spare room? No, like my I told you that your house reminds me of like my old family house. Like it's like that. Like one of the things that we're kind of having to sell people on to sell the house is like we know there's no closet space. We're aware it predates consider. closet space. Go consider. to <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you the vibe of an armoire. Mm -hmm. Have you considered mm -hmm. a Scandinavian way of life? Upgrade <laughs> your space. Have you considered nudity? <laughs> I so mean, many less clothes. A minimal, minimalist decor and <laughs> uncluttered lifestyle. All right, everyone, pour your shots. Uh, mine of choice is going to be Four Roses Bourbon, the best cheap bourbon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I concur. Uh, um, I'm drinking Grey Wolf Craft Distillings uh, Lobo Handcrafted Agave Spirit. It's tequila. Great. Cool. Um, this, my mom got me like a, a, a sampler, a local liquor sampler for Christmas. And this is the last remaining spirit from St. Michael's, Maryland. She knows you so well. I've got, uh, I picked this up kind of at random at the ABC store. Uh, Paul Mason, Masson, Mason. There's two S's. Uh, oh. Peach Grande Amber Brandy. 
Oh, so classy. Wow, y'all. I feel like ready? this is going to be gross. All yes, right. I am. What should we toast to? To the end of this fucking nightmare. Well, let. do you want to do another shot at the end and toast to the end? Sure. <laughs> sure. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Just do a shot whenever. <laughs> Uh, definitely do a shot whenever. Um, how about I want to thank me? <laughs> now that joke's getting old. <laughs> to Harry Potter, who is now a honorary and literal member of the Dead Dads Club. <laughs> uh, Alex, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say I would. I'm totally for cheering to Pod Daddy and the person that makes this all possible. Because you know, let's be real. You can you give yourself a love enough love. Okay, but love yeah. from other people, there's never enough of that. So maybe this one goes out to all the dads. Dead dad, not dead dad, and pod, pod dad. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah dads, 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 dads. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. I'm using my <laughs> little, just a little shutter as it goes down. My Linda Belcher shot glass. I just use what used to be. These glasses have little mini like tiramisu desserts in them from Costco. That's what I should have used. And they're adorable, <laughs> but damn, I think I poured myself a double on that one. So. I definitely, I think mine was a double and a half, so. Oh, God, that's sweet. Oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot that I said I was going to smash cut to the episode after we did our shot. Oh, shit, well then. Uh, what were, well, were you going to say, Alex, that we got to go to plan B anyway, so just carry on. No, like, no, so we'll totally cut it, do your thing. No, it's too late for that. You can't go back. You can only go forward. All right, we're not turning this pot around, I guess. Well, uh, my <laughs> my my drink of choice then to just keep this buzz like steady chillin' is gonna be fresca and vodka because I'm such a basic bitch. Nice. That's that's good though. Yeah, it, it tastes yummy. I'm gonna try mixing uh, this this peach nonsense with some ginger ale, perhaps. Yeah, that sounds like a good decision. Yeah. I'm drinking, in, uh, in addition to my Lobo Agave uh, spirit, <laughs> I'm drinking Bingo Beer Company, which is a local beer company, Costa Chica, classically crushable amber Mexican lager. There you go. It's nice. delicious. Because I literally was like, I'll be drinking tequila tonight, and I need a beer that matches. I have totally. an emergency <laughs> beer. I'm keeping it cool in my little, like, you know, koozie here. So, like, when when I finish this, then I uh, will end the night on on a beer. It's gonna be great. I feel like we're being like those makeup YouTube girls with our drinks tonight. You know how they like hold it up to the camera and like put their hand behind it, and they're like, "Yeah, what's that about?" <laughs> Look at my. Uh, it's so you can see the product more clearly I, with their hand behind it. Is that is what, what it's been, supposed to do? Okay. What I've been told. Product right. placement. Mm. Um. That. This has all been product placement today so far. <laughs> Welcome to the restricted section. Uh, I'm literally so fucking glad to be done with this book. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today gets 50 points to Ravenclaw for telling everyone Voldemort is back. It's Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley, and today you get to learn my tragic backstory. <laughs> We've been planning this one for years. Yes, literally. And our special guest today, in case you couldn't tell, is our dear, dear friend, Alex. She, her, from over on My Cabbages, and Avatar podcast. Have you heard of it? Say hello to the listeners, Alex. Hello. Ever since I took that tequila shot, I feel like funnier and more energetic. Like it just, you know what I mean? Tequila, tequila just. Do, te tequila do be that way. 
You be that way. Except for that one time, Haley, that it gave me an anxiety attack when I was walking home from the bar. There was that. But that has never happened before or since. You know what? When I turned 21, the first thing I drank legally was a shot of Patron, and you just can never go back from that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I feel that. That's a good My mom loves Patron. Oh, she loves... My mom and I are tequila bitches, for sure. My mom, when I was a kid, would take a tequila shot for her migraines. It was the only thing that helped even a little bit. Now she's on regular meds because science keeps on trucking. But for a while, it was just tequila. (laughs) Um, Alex, you've been on for many episodes of the Restricted Section, including Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge, back in March 2021, before you were on the network. Then you joined the network. Then you came on for the Goblet of Fire, Chapter 16, colon, The Goblet of Fire. That's the name of the chapter, name of the book. In December 2021. You came on for Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 18, Dumbledore's Army, uh, this past December, and now you're back. Thank you, friend, for all your time and energy. Are you kidding me? I'm always, it's always a pleasure when I get to chill with my besties and uh, slander away, because you know what? Every single time, like, in between episodes where I guest our wonderful Voldemort, who is also back and rears her ugly head and, uh... You know, it's always keeping us on our toes and we have to, as Dumbledore's or whatever Christina's army, have to just uh, keep on fighting that good activist fight. And so yeah. it's always a it's always a time. So here we are. Anytime I get to talk shit, it's going to be a good time. Hashtag Ruthless Productions, formerly the Gailey Prophet, you might recognize that name, is circulating a petition signed by a shit ton of fandom creators, including myself. And um, it's a petition that you too can sign asking HBO to not produce the new Harry Potter series, say no to platforming, transphobia, and um, yeah, just don't fucking do that. Uh, So link to that is in the show notes. So please consider signing. Uh, And I'll be honest, as someone who still decorates their house with Harry Potter stuff every Yule, I just can't. Why do we need who? Who's asking for this? Who and besides the like the shareholders? Who is asking for this? Would have been nice yep. like 10, 20 years ago. Now it's it. Too, it's too late, man. It's too late. It's too little. Too it's, it's too it's much. Either, too late. Yeah, it's like, it's, stop, yeah, stop, it's stop, stop. And I'm punching. Them. It's either too late or like way too early. Like yeah, maybe, way too early. Maybe like a while after she's dead, we can do like an interview with the vampire thing. Like, like I want to see it after it enters the public domain and people are seizing upon it. Yeah, like rabbit hyenas. <laughs> Honestly, I I think it will be good uh, when she's finally ding dong, the bitch is dead. Right into the ground, just like everything she touches. Anyway, before we get to the chapter, I did want to take a moment and ask our listeners to please send in questions or theories about Order of the Phoenix. Uh, Any reflections you have, anything that you'd like us to discuss further for our wrap-up episode, we call them this is the group therapy episodes. That's going to be me, Brooke, and Haley, hopefully. We haven't recorded it yet. Brooke does have a child now, so uh, hopefully that's the, tr- the trio we end up with. She says confidently, We'll be happy with any of our friends. <laughs> well, they might tailor the questions specifically depending on, like, who's there. Also, that. You know what I mean? 
so yeah, send anything you want us to read about Order of the Phoenix. We'll do it. I'll read anything you send me. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it's time permitting. Are we gonna move on to the uh, the chapter? I guess so, we should do that. Yeah. You know, we're taking our sweet time just like Joanne took her sweet time ending this book because, good lord. uh, Yeah. This was a belabored, excruciating. God, it's like being in quicksand. It really is. Guys, I just realized, and this is fine because I record Zoom for this reason, but I did just realize that I never started recording locally. (laughs) And I just think that's very funny in our last episode. (laughs) Christina's just so done. Everything's just so out of order. If the audio changed, just now, you're welcome. It's I, I remembered to start recording. Oh my god, Tina, you sound so much better. <laughs> I probably don't because Zoom's gotten pretty good lately, but maybe maybe you can detect. Maybe I'll toggle back and forth between the two at this time so you can detect the minor differences. Whoa! <laughs> okay, buckle the fuck up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We, so, yeah, we, we uh-huh. had like a conversation about which chapter to do like this conversation at like do you want to just go do you want to just let us have we're it? buckled in like we're all going to be talking about daddies like that is the theme daddy Darius. we're on like you know the john mulaney bit where we don't have time <laughs> oh, none of to- us uh, i mean i was going to go for we did ah uh, none of us really know our fathers anyway but <laughs> also we don't have time to unpack all of that Exactly. Well, yes, guess what? One of his, we one do. of his memes is pointing to the other meme. Well, uh, th- we we actually do have time today, and we are gonna hashtag um, unpack that. So, Haley, yep. yeah, yeah, lay it um, on us. So, uh, how how long ago did we start this uh, this book, Tina? Was it a little um, over a year ago? It was. It was like August. Yeah. So let me see. It was um indeed August. Yep. <laughs> had the notes uh. fucking ready so tina hits me up and like we have this very halting back and forth of like hey do you want to come on for the dead dad chapter uh well do you think it'll be too much of a downer to have me on the dead dad chapter well i want you on it if you're comfortable with it well i don't want to bring down the mood but i am comfortable like it was just okay, the most listen. polite we've done this a couple times uh i specifically remember I, whose birthday was the dad party? <laughs> was that, that was, Sean? It was saw, Sean. It was Sean. This was and like I was right. I was like Haley. Are you like are you like cool with a dad party? Is that like gonna be cool for you? <laughs> and it was a great party. It was a really good party. Um, I think I I should probably back up slightly. Um, my dad is dead. I uh, I've oh kind of oh my god, <laughs> what, what he was their friend or like whatever. He was their friend. Um, look, you're such a Harry right now, and like my honestly, boy, looking at Haley, <laughs> looking at Haley, she does have like round glasses, a shirt that is obviously too big for her. Dark brown hair going in all directions. It, and a confused look on her face. Is that Harry Potter? I mean, I, I, one day I'm going to find the last surviving photo of me with my my uh, 11-year-old pixie cut, quote-unquote, because... The I, bowl cut? It wasn't a bowl cut. I looked like baby Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> it, it, it was an attempt at a pixie cut, but I already looked too much like a boy in fifth grade 
to not just look like a boy. Um, I feel that there was a time in, like, the early aughts when, you know, boys and long hair and the shaggy kind of, like, not a quite a bowl cut, but, like, borderline skater hair. Like, the shag, yeah, started to come back in. But, like, there was, like, a period, like, where that and, like, girls' hair were, like, you know, like the same, and like we could all just coexist in the same. Are you ecosystem. talking about? Are you talking about Alice and Jasper from Twilight? I mean, hey, <laughs> like, they're, are they siblings? Are they romantic partners? <laughs> are, are, what are they? <laughs> it's all just on the edge of taboo without really being taboo. Mormon Boy. porn. Um, I was looking at a book reviewer today who was like, "I love reviewing." Uh, romance and erotica and then she listed a couple kinks and then she was like I don't read anything taboo and I was like what? <laughs> well speaking of things that like shouldn't exist uh, Twilight is also supposedly getting a movie reboot <laughs> and there's no way to capture the essence of the original. I'm just gonna walk away and turn on a couple of lamps and process that information because okay. <laughs> I'm devastated right now. She needs more I, I don't even care about Twilight. I'm devastated that this is happening um i mean i'm i'm reboot. thrilled reboot. for a twilight reboot over a harry potter reboot so oh god yeah come on let's do it harry potter reboot but we don't need this well it's like a horny woman who's kind of a bad writer over a bad person who's also a bad writer like this was totally stephanie like meyer's way of just like getting herself off like i she like it was it's like <laughs> tina like from bob's burgers and her like, oh my freaky God. friend fiction. Like, this is how it all started. Like, oh, my husband, like, I fake orgasmed. And, like, now I'm just going to go write about my deepest fantasies in my diary. And it just so happens to involve vampires and a real place that's not a real place, Bend, Oregon. Yeah, and here we are. And uh, Alex, I'll have to bring you on my mysterious unnamed next podcast project to talk about Twilight. Oh. Because I think that would be fun. I am the person that... In, Brooke Matherly will always commonly. Oh, she's gonna be on that episode. She oh well, I'm the person that introduced her to Twilight. So and that's is that how you guys became best friends? That's our no, we were friends way before that. But uh, that's <laughs> I am Brooke's Twilight origin story. Oh, that's cute. All right, Haley, you're back. Come yep, on, I'm back. On. I'm back. Lamps are on. She and... has she has like a plaid jacket and a pipe, like a comfort, comforting grandpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitting here in my antique shop of a house. <laughs> so yeah, uh, my dad is dead. Um, I've alluded to that. I think in Podland, I've never said For it sure. outright, but I I am a card carrying member of the Dead Dads Club, um, and. It's kind of funny, actually, because we, he, we have a lot of friends with dead dads, actually. We have, too. Yeah, Zach, we have a couple of Zach's dad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. My dad uh, died about, was it six months after we met Tina? It was soon. It was a very awkward period. Uh, like I had just moved to Richmond and like I had just moved into like my second apartment in Richmond. Yeah, I feel like maybe yeah. it, like, solidified our best friendship, because yeah. me and Brooke were like, yeah. we have to go to Haley. Yeah, like, it's, we had all become very good friends very, very fast, and... As quippy people do when they are forced to be together all day long. And they've all just moved to the same city pretty recently, and none of them really know what they're doing with their lives, because yeah, they're true. in their mid-20s. We yeah, brand new. Yeah, we were all so lost. Yeah, and then my, and then just, like, out of fucking nowhere, my dad dies. So that was right around the time the movie night crew started like meeting for movie night as well. 
So it was a big transitional period in my life. So like when we got to this book, honestly, the last couple of books, I started thinking like, oh no, book five's going to hurt now, isn't it? Because uh, I hadn't really <laughs> revisited it since my dad had died. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I always had a soft spot for Sirius as a character, but like I, it has a new context now. Yeah. So I had kind of talked about that a couple of times. And so fast forward a few years, Tina texts me. And is like, are you comfortable talking about this at the end of Order of the Phoenix? And you know, in like a sad, fun, drunk way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is I right where I live with dead dad jokes. I, I tell them a lot. No one likes it. Um, we were telling, we were we were joking on your dad when we were moving your stuff from apartment to apartment yeah, last week. Yeah, it's a testament to how long we've been friends that you're comfortable enough to see me carrying a black velvet bag and say, "Ask what are you carrying here, Dad?" and say, "Oh God, I was about to say it was dildos." <laughs> I just, I never got to meet your dad, but I think he would have liked that joke. He would have never shut the fuck up about that joke. And I'm really <laughs> glad that if he heard it, he's nowhere that he can reference it. Yeah. You know, I feel uh, that, you know, Zach also, so my partner, the other half of my cabbages, his dad passed away in December of 2020. Great year. And, uh, There's also his piece of media that we have never been able to revisit is Onward. Like, because it came out like that fall, I believe. It released on like Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. And uh, like when everyone was freaking out that movie theaters were going to collapse and they're like, oh no, like we're never going to go back to the movies ever again. Uh, And now everything just comes out on streaming, which is, you know, kind of great. But yeah, he, uh, that's the, like in that movie, like, Spoilers, dad, things happen, and, like, we have never been able... <laughs> Spoilers! We have never been able to watch that movie together ever since. Like, I, yeah. I just go, and even, like, just as recently the other day, I was like, why don't I watch Onward? And he was like, yeah, no, like, hashtag too soon. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah it, for me, it was, like, around the time, uh, fucking the second Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out with the whole... The whole thing with Yondu sacrificing himself, you know, like the the end of the period when Marvel was still good and fun. Yeah. Um, and it's got like the whole thing about like the found family and the dad shit and like, you know, he made it, he may not have been perfect, but God damn it, he was there. So like, I, I have trouble with like that movie and like a couple songs like from that movie now because mm-hmm. it was right mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. And now Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's Mm. feeling great about it. Mm. Mm. But I'm totally fine talking about it in the context of Harry Potter, uh, because being a nerd is how I cope with emotions. So here we are. Everything. Speaking of found family! (laughs) So, do you want to go through the chapter chronologically now and just see, see what pops up? Um, yeah, sure. Or did you have additional opening points. I mean, I I could give some context on why exactly, like, my dead dad is relevant to Sirius Black. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please yeah, do no, this, give us the context. Yeah, the, this isn't just, like, a random fucking dad. Like, it, it, yeah, if my dad had nothing in common with Sirius Black, I wouldn't waste your time. Yeah, like, my dad, for example, nothing in common with Sirius Black. Uh, He's way more of a James Potter type. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> Which is a different problem. Sir- Sirius Black, despite being British, uh, has 
the spirit of a guy from Philly, I think. Uh, <laughs> that kind of personality. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever consciously made the comparison before my dad died, but I definitely make it now because holy shit. Um, here are a few fun random details about my dad. This was a man who could tell you the exact make and model of the car he was conceived in the back seat of and could not be prevented from telling you that no matter how much you screamed at him to stop ruining Back to the Future. <laughs> it wasn't the DeLorean, by the way. <laughs> he was born... Well, that would be like really... That would be extraordinary. It would be extraordinary, <laughs> but no, he was born in 1959, just like one serious Black... Uh, interesting fun fact. My Whoa. dad was also born in 1959. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad is young. Yeah, I know. Dad was uh, getting up there for, for a 90s dad when I was born. His mom came from, like, one of those old money families that lost everything in the Depression, but, like, never quite forgot that, like, we used to have standing. <laughs> They lost everything except their attitude. Yeah, exactly. Like, so three (laughs) generations on, they still hadn't quite gotten rid of it. But, like, dad was a fucking delinquent. You can take the person out of the depression, but you can't take the depression out of the person. Exactly. Uh, So he, like, would run around with his little, like... His mom was, like, 16 and a hippie when he was born. So he just, like, started smoking weed when he was 12. It didn't stop till he was in his mid-20s. As, Mm -hmm. like, a kid, he would run around with his group of dumb little friends with Stephen King names like Dinky Treadway and the Hendrix Brothers. I shit you not, these are real people. (laughs) Dinky Treadway and the Hendrix Brothers, they all belonged to the Red Mill Swamp Rats. What is this, the the, Outsiders? It sounds like it, doesn't it? The Red Mill Swamp Rats was the name of their gang when they were 12. They had jackets. With a logo. How did they get get jackets? They got jackets and drew a logo. It was a rat smoking a (laughs) cigarette wearing the same jacket. They gave each other rat (laughs) t-shirt. Yes, they gave each other stick and world building. They gave each other stick and poke tattoos in a treehouse. Tell, look me in my eyes. Look me in my eyes and tell me the Marauders did not have matching stick and poke tattoos. Like, wand poke tattoos. We have to figure out this all right now. Like, the moderators, like, stick and poke tattoos. Where are they? What was it of? And who gave them? Who gave who? I mean, in Dad's case, it was uh, their names, but, like, in 12-year-old handwriting on, like, their upper, like, right bicep. Uh, So I I could see it being the Marauders' nicknames on, on the arm. I think a little doodly of their animal. Aww. I was totally gonna think the animal like Pettigrew has the rat, and it was. I think James Potter has it between his shoulder plates. The stag with the horns, obviously. Do you want it to be sexy? Okay, no. He he has two horn tattoos, and they're both like <laughs> on like on, his on, on, on where his bees. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, Antlers of the Cum Gutters is hilarious, and it's the name of my next metal album. Wait, was this? Now I have to wonder: was this before or after he and Lily were an item? Oh, totally. Um, it has to be after. No, it has to be. Li- it happens on it, the night of James' bachelor party before he married Lily. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be after he got with Lily because he has to be an adult if we're referring to them as cum cutters. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Uh, let's see. But I think, but I think that Sirius Black would have not had a tattoo of himself, but he would have had like some shitty tribal tattoo that was really meaningful to him. Oh my god! Yeah, he would. He would. Um. <laughs> and, and Lupin would have some like weird quote, like, like a super literary or like in Latin. Yeah, in Latin. Yeah. 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 It would be like super like referential, like a really deep cut. It would just be a joke. It would just be a moon joke in the end. If you like oh translate it, it's like, it's like a highbrow moon joke. <laughs> this Amazing. I can see. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for indulging me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way that I always imagine Sirius uh, in my, like young Sirius in my head uh, is st- pause this. Pause this podcast, go to YouTube, look up Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark official music video. That's the general vibe of how I imagined uh, Sirius in his motorcycle phase. And that's more or less what my dad looked like in 1984, just to give you an idea of what my mom was pulling. Uh, Good job, mom, quite frankly. (laughs) Hate to admit it. I'm pulling it up. Just for my... Oh, is this this one? Mm-hmm. The one with Monica from Friends? With the cutoff shirt? Yes. Definitely had the same sensitive bad boy thing going on, like Sirius. I uh, eventually, Ooh. like, tried to get his shit together, joined the army, uh, enjoyed the strong sense of camaraderie, never quite got rid of the problem with authority, though. Um, I get it. Very smart, also very impulsive, had a lot of fallout in his life from the being impulsive shit uh, that eventually compiled to the point where he, uh, a lot of his childhood friends were either like dead or in jail. Most of his army friends had kind of moved on with their lives and Mm -hmm. you get into sad dad territory. Um, Sad dad. Yeah. Yeah, So like, I won't keep you in suspense. He had, he had a lot of chronic pain and I died of like, a accidental painkiller overdose. Yeah, one of the side effects of a lot of really strong painkillers is that they cause confusion. So, like, when you hear about somebody, like, died died of pain pills, like, there's this stigma around it of, like, oh, they were abusing their drugs, they just had their prescription to get high. No, a lot of those drugs cause confusion. Yeah. And can make you forget that you already took them. Dude, there's a, there's literally a Bob's Burgers episode about this. I'm so sorry to always do this, but there's literally a Bob's Burgers episode about this. Wow. Drink every time Tina or I bring up a Bob's Burgers reference. (laughs) It's the Halloween episode. It's the Halloween episode. Oh God, you're right. Teddy's dressed up like a nurse. Oh my God. And Bob is so paranoid and confused. (gasps) Yeah. And also as a public health, person i can say that uh, also depending on like what drugs you're taking like if you're taking them with other things like if you're taking like you know opioids for painkillers but also like benzodiazepines for anxiety or like some depression things like drugs will interact in ways and like you know when people would like 
you know, I would say, oh, like, I always carry Narcan, like, which is, like, a version of naloxone. Yeah. It's, like, the anti-reversal drug. Everyone should carry it. We keep it in our house, and you should, too. Absolutely. It's, you can usually get it for free on, like, just look it up, at, like, in your local health department. Really? But, like, but, yeah, seriously. And, like, you can go online, like, I swear, like, it's usually, depending on the state, but most states nowadays, like, you can get it. But, like, with it, like people don't even realize like we would try and give it to get out at pharmacies when like a person would come just to get their scripts like for their opioids they've been taking for years and like they would be offended that they're like oh do you think I'm some like you know drug person or person that abuses their prescription drugs and they're like no 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 like 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 just you said like there's other side effects and like even like pets can get into it you never know so like yeah. anyone can like have like these pills or like these drugs, like, have unchecked consequences, so. Right. So, like, that's kind of how that ended. So, like, the whole thing with Sirius being trapped in the house and having literally no other options and just kind of being surly and depressed and probably drunk a lot of the time, uh, it's different now. But we're on the grief chapter, uh, which is a, yeah. actually a lot easier for me to talk about because... It really is. The last chapter was so mad, and this chapter just feels kind of, like, hollow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, What like, stage of grief are we in now at this point? <sighs> the, the the husk phase. That's so, the very last one. I, I feel like, just in this chapter alone, we definitely go through, like, denial, and then also, like bargaining with like yeah. he has this conversation oh with nearly headless he nick and he's like he right. you can, you can yeah. bring him back right okay uh, well, uh, should we start going through this chapter now yeah we should we should start popping through it now okay buckle the fuck up because i want to talk about all of this Click. this chapter starts with what is assumed to be a daily profit article about how Voldemort is back baby and they're like yikes also yes, equal regret yeah, the Dementors aren't on our team anymore. Back again. Voldy's back. Tell, Tell us friend. <laughs> um, and then coincidentally, sud like they don't make a big deal out of it, but just like very quietly, all of Dumbledore's Dumbledore's accolades have been restored. Mm. I kind of get like something passive aggressive in the tone of this article. Like I feel like this was someone on staff who like whatever they were writing was like the editors were popping all of their. Uh, passive aggressive snide shit in there and like this is now their chance to very subtly be like yeah so anyway Dumbledore uh, is back in all of his old posts and uh, what do you know he was right hmm anyway my co-workers know? are idiots I feel like this <laughs> I feel like in this day and age we can compare this to like Fox News like as they're facing like like they finally settled their like lawsuit or whatever like after the defamation cases from Dominion, all these like voting machines after they peddled like conspiracy theories on uh, national news uh, and just separated ways with Taco Carlson, who is uh, uh, gasped, clutches my pearls, a racist. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. But yeah, they're all like, oh, yeah, no. And like, we like, we didn't say those things. Oh, like, and now they're like, Seeing how Fox News reports on their own legal cases, trying to get around things that they did not say is just a totally Ministry of Magic daily profit. Like, it's almost like, you know, if, like, a government, like, is trying to have, like, the same arm of uh, media, like, there might be some conflict of interest there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the thing that kind of gives me this impression is that, like, 
in the way that they're quoting Fudge, they're just like using his stand-in words instead of adding like a couple asterisks to indicate that like you know who we're who we're talking about. Instead, they're putting in like Lord Thingy, you know <laughs> that guy. <laughs> The thingy, really. I was yeah, like, come sure, on, man, fine. you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I feel like the person writing this article is just, like, finally getting their revenge. Like, they wish they had freedom of press, but they work for the fucking state paper. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, fine, I'll quote the Minister of Magic directly. Lord Thingy. He's Lord Thingy <laughs> now. Like, come on, dude, you should know to just say he who must not be named like a dignified person. Mm. Yeah, or trying to get uh, someone from um, the right to actually say the word white supremacist uh, and as a ter- or call them a terrorist. Yeah. Lord, Ooh. Lord thingy. Lord, oh my God. Thingy. <laughs> the kids are all in the hospital wing. Ron, Harry, Hermione, Ginny, Luna, Neville. Um, Ron and Hermione are the only ones who are actively in the hospital wing because Ron still has his wounds from his tentacle attack. Yeah. Neville, from the brains. Yeah. Is Neville out or did his, his nose, I think, fully healed? Oh, yeah. His nose is fine. It's healed. Jenny's ankle is healed. Luna's okay. Yeah. Ron's been scarred by thoughts. By thoughts. Yeah. Literally, Madame Poffrey's like, oh, thoughts. I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, what? what is the Department of Mysteries? What is her backstory? And how does she fucking have experience with shit that only happens in the Department of Mysteries? Yeah, I have no fucking idea. I need this fan fiction yesterday. I Exactly. If you know a good Poffrey fanfic, send it my way. Oh, my God. And then Hermione, we don't know exactly what happened to her. It was a silent spell and it was like a custom death eater curse and it like really fucked her up and it says she's taking 10 potions a day to recover yeah yikes crazy i I feel like it might be one of the ones that like snape might have invented when he was uh doing his weird little half half blood prince thing like it sounds a lot like sectum sembra yeah there's a lot of you're right because it's like it's like a slashing motion yeah it definitely does seem to be like someone invented that. You also have uh, Professor Umbridge that's steady chilling with them. Like, and the hospital wing's not that big. So, like, then they're as Harry like and Ron, her Hermon- Hermione, are engorging themselves on chocolate frogs and like talking about her, like Umbridge. She's she's right there. She can totally hear them. Yeah, I I don't know. The movies make it seem at least kind of like long. Like, maybe they could be whispering, but I'm with you that it probably wouldn't be, like, a gigantic room. Uh, yeah, she, she's just, like, that out of it. If we're going off the scale of the Lego models, I think, like, <laughs> it's long and narrow. We're probably thinking maybe, like, 20 beds, 10 on each side, and that's being generous. I don't know. But mm-hmm. with as yeah. frequent as accidents happen at the school, um, 20 beds may be an underestimate. Yeah, that sounds like what if the whole Quidditch team goes down? That could happen. I think it could. It probably has. Mm -hmm. They do mention a little bit about how Flitwick got rid of Fred and George's swamp in in but a trice. Um, But he like left a little bit of it roped off to commemorate them. Which (laughs) I'm I'm so proud of Flitwick. But also like I just read a book uh, called uh, Fen, Bog and Swamp. 
Uh, oh my God, Haley, you need to read that book. Haley, go I, on. <laughs> I am giving you this book, and it is just talking about. I mean, it's kind of it's very exciting, but also sad because it's talking about their like deforestation and also the role in how like getting rid of wetlands has played a role in the climate crisis. And I'm just reading this, and I'm like, Fred and George actually did something good for the environment, and we are like going back. We're taking a step backwards here. Ugh, but Flitwick, God bless. Yeah, yeah. I would. I also want the Flitwick backstory. <laughs> I want to know so much more about all of the teachers at Hogwarts who don't do quite enough, but they're. They are great, and they're there. Yeah, like, I think we talked about, mostly in, like, the first book, how chaotic young, like, tiny magicians are, and how, like, most of those teachers probably have to be, like, I bet Madame Pomfrey is a former triage nurse, you know? Like, these are, they sound like (laughs) battle-hardened veterans to me, and they're just like, it has to be you. It had, no one else can handle this. She served in the Great War, or in the Balkans, and is, like, used to seeing, like, this is nothing shit. after Trafalgar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Umbridge is here. Dumbledore went alone into the forest to get her, which is kind of, you know, he's being kind of, he's tricking us into thinking he's being cool and badass at the end of this book, but he's actually being a horrible person, but that's fine. He does go into the forest single-handedly to get Umbridge, though. Wait, the man how, knows his but, optics. But but please go into why he's being a terrible person. Well, it's like the whole last episode we talked about it, like, in great depth, but he basically is just manipulating Harry oh, like, we're ta- so hard. We're, yes, okay, we're talking about, like, the conversation he had with Harry. I thought you meant specifically the action of oh, Dumbledore no. going to rescue Umbridge. Like, there no, is something go, nefarious. definitely go get Umbridge. <laughs> definitely go get Umbridge. <laughs> um, I take Umbridge with the rescuing of Umbridge. I think she should have just been left to rot. Uh, but that's my own personal. <laughs> nah, Dumbledore's nose is optics. If there's one thing that man can do, it's PR. <laughs> it's true. Ron makes, like, clip-clop noises to, 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 like, torture her. To torment her. Um, and she reacts <laughs> violently. She reacts violently. She obviously has some trauma. I know this woman was abusive to Harry and is a package, like literal pile of shit, but at least give her like a therapy cat or something. Like, Ye- right. She needs a kitty. Oh, she <laughs> sure. has so many cats at home. Like, no one has that many little decorative cat plates and no cats at home. Send her home yeah. then. Like, it's undignified to be here in, like, the school. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> she'll go home. She goes hospital, home at the end like... of the chapter. Well, speaking of which, like, yeah, yeah, yeah as right. they're, like, the teachers, like, we're talking about, like, who's leaving, who's going. Like, she tries to sneak out or whatever. And, uh, at, like, Prof- Professor McGonagall, meanwhile, is coming back. She's finally out of St. Mungo's. Uh, and as she's coming back, she perfectly times this, and Snape is giving Draco some shit and, like, bragging about, like, oh, whatever, like, yeah, your dad's in jail, that's my fault, like, uh, he, he's an asshole, so he deserves it, and I love McGonagall in, as she comes back in this scene, uh, she totally just give, give Snape the business. She really does. She is, like, Snape's trying to... Take 10 points, but, but Grivener has zero points. 
So McGonagall comes in and gives 50 points to all the kids who broke into the Ministry of Magic. <laughs> yes, we're awarding uh, for property damage, vandalism, uh, breaking curfew. Like, the list <laughs> just goes on and on. But, uh, yeah. Sedition. McGonagall's like, I thought I was going to die. I can do whatever I want. I made it through getting shot in the chest six times. Like, <laughs> what do you want from me? Have you ever had a long, in-depth conversation on the show about... How subjective and terrible the house point system is. Uh, probably. We've had a lot of conversations. About bonus a lot episode. Of mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no. We did the math bonus episode. For as little as a dollar a month, you too can have access to Patreon benefits. <laughs> What's this wee shit? I specifically was not involved in the math episode. By yeah, request. Haley, you were excluded. Yes, I, I was. I should have excluded myself mm. and just let Andrew and Taylor figure it out. <laughs> I, I made a face at you. You knew what that face meant when you told me there was going to be a math episode. I tried. <laughs> I tried. So Harry is like, I'm going to go to Hagrid's. But then he's like, oh, I don't know. Actually, he doesn't want to be alone, but he doesn't want to be with people. Yeah, either. yeah. Like this... This line always reminds me of uh, a line from, like, the opening of The Phantom Tollbooth, which, if you haven't read it, is absolutely delightful. Uh, but it's, a like, it's about a super depressed kid on a hero's journey in a land that's made of world, uh, like, fucking wordplay. Uh, but, like, one of the introductions for his character is, like, when he was out, he longed to be in, and when he was in, he longed to be out. And... <laughs> Relatable. You know, yeah, like that's that perfectly encapsulates depression and it perfectly encapsulates uh, like this specific period of the grieving process, like the week in malaise. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I remember being at this point and doing things like forgetting how crosswalks worked and wandering into traffic by accident. Uh, oh my God. seeing, like, going down the street to, like, get coffee with somebody and just, like, someone would be coming toward me from, like, a couple blocks up, like, like a mom and a kid walking a dog. And I would, it, it was like being high and feeling like everyone can tell you're high. It was like, I'm going to cross the street because I don't want to have to make eye contact with you because I feel like you're going to ask if I'm okay. And I don't want to talk about that. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, it's okay. it's not entirely rational, but, like, this whole, like, it kind of feels like moving through mud, like, the, the chapter feels like it's dragging because that's how that feels, like, it feels yeah. like you're just dragging your body through time, it's, it's not mm-hmm. good, it's a bad time, reading this yeah. chapter is a bad time, and I think that's part of the reason. <laughs> yeah. And um, as Harry's, like, walking across the grounds, uh, his, like, other students are, like, saying hi to him. Like, they're all, like, hey, hey. like, I heard that you're a good guy now. Um, and he just feels so far away from them. Like, he feels so alienated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I feel like he's in, like, a, just, like, a vortex where he just hears and, like, Time is like moving around him, but like he was moving almost through quicksand, and it is like being high. It, yeah, but it's at, but like a, the worst. Yeah, high. it's like the worst high of your entire life. Like it's the one piece of practical advice I can give anybody who like their friend has just lost someone. 
um, offer to tell other people for them because they don't, they don't like, that's the worst part. The worst part is having to like, I know that I'm being weird. I know that I'm being like quiet and spacey and depressed. I might start crying at any moment. And this person who does not know me and does not know what's up has no, doesn't deserve that. So I'm going to just have to explain it. And I really don't want to have to explain. Like that's, that's kind of the hardest part of, of all of that. So like, if you really want to practically help someone, ask who you can tell for them. That's yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Practical advice. Honestly, th- this has been your moment of practical advice with the restricted <laughs> section. I also, I also do that with like other stuff. Like if there's a other, I don't know, not, not to make this about me, but like as a leader in leadership positions, I'm like, do you want me to tell the bad okay. news? And people are like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Oh, cool. It's not even my bad news. So I'm happy to share. Sure. <laughs> Don't kill the messenger. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it, it really does. It's helpful in a lot of situations. I've heard that listed uh, in situations where like people are trying to unionize. Like, ah, I don't want to unionize with these people because they might be shitty to me for, you know, bigotry reasons. All right. Get get one ally and have the ally run interference for you like this. It, it's good general practical advice. All team building. Yay. Okay, so Harry, like, does go down to Hagrid's. Um, and then Hagrid is like, so don't happy. talk about Sirius, don't talk about Sirius, don't talk about Sirius. And then he's like, well, anyway, about Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, Harry needs to talk about it. There he needs- does. Oh, he doesn't want to. I know as a 15-year-old that has experienced trauma and has never had an outlet to talk healthfully about feelings your whole life, uh, that being hit as, like, with that brick is gonna hurt, but you you need to talk about it, my guy. Yeah, yeah, I probably like if I was Hagrid or anyone that knows Harry right now, I'd be like, hey, do you want to like come do this activity or this activity? And those would be like the two options. Like you could come like walk around the lake with me, or you can help me make dinner. Yeah. And like we're gonna do one of those things, and like we don't have to do anything else. Yeah, you know. Honestly, something Brooke uh, used to do, like we would get tea uh, when all of this was going on, and she was dealing with a bunch of stuff with um, a good friend of hers was going through a very different kind of hard time. Uh, her parents were giving her a lot of shit about something, and so she would just like invite me out for tea, and whenever she saw me spacing out, she would say. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to be distracted? Yeah. And like, that's like, yeah, you do have to talk about it eventually, but like not, not that week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't like corner somebody into that conversation. Like even if it's, you know, a kid that you kind of feel responsible for and like, you really want them to talk about it. If you really want them to talk about it and they know you really want them to talk about it, guess what they don't want to fucking do? Talk about it. It's just, like, a lot of pressure and, like, also, like, what is there to say? Yeah. 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 I, I think that just with from Hagrid's perspective, because I, I totally agree, like, everyone has to talk about it in their own time, in their own terms, right? But I think with Hagrid, he realizes that, you know, Harry already is an orphan, and then the closest thing he had to a father figure is gone. Uh, so he, someone has to make sure he's it okay like otherwise yeah, like who is making sure he's okay yeah, I mean, like Hermione? I, yeah this is like a good overture from Hagrid because I, I think he I think you're absolutely right Alex because 
Yeah, he's because otherwise his... someone has to take yeah. responsibility for this kid who is still a child. Right, because... like he's got his friends, but like he's got Dumbledore, kind of. But like, no, for, but... no, like he's, no. Okay. he feels like he has Dumbledore. As, he feels like as this. soon as this all like shit went down, is like as he was still processing the immediacy of of Sirius getting pushed through the veil. Uh, Hag or Dumbledore asked once, like Harry, are you okay? And he was like, Yeah, fine. And I was like, All right. And then just like went yeah, off. Yeah, no, and it's like, it, like they, they don't have like a long therapeutic heart to heart emotional conversation kind of relationship. And everyone that Harry does have that kind of relationship with is also fifteen or younger. So mm-hmm. no, I think this is a good overture on Hagrid's part. But like, give him an out, man. Yeah, just give him an out. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So Harry's just like walking around the lake wishing he could disappear. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this entire chapter is just like a extended like Evanescence music video. <laughs> oh. You're not wrong. I you know you know what I'm thinking of? <laughs> Sorry to bring up Twilight again already. But do you remember in uh is it New Moon? I can't keep them straight because they're all just moon words. Um, the second one where Edward has left her and it's just yeah. like the, the blank pages. It says like January is blank, February. And it's like blank, March is blank. And the movie renders this kind of possibility. <laughs> That's better here right now. Yeah. I always know like when I'm uh, having kind of a backslide moment, when I catch myself wandering around my own house in slow motion staring at the floor like that that's my warning sign and i kind of feel like that's what harry's doing right now it's very it's distinctive and it feels like it looks distinctive Mm. and uh yeah yeah he's not having a good time and then it's just like uh, the rest of term yeah (laughs) ron and hermione leave the hospital wing Umbridge le- flees the school, chased out by Peeves with McGonagall's walking stick. Which is the only reason <laughs> McGonagall doesn't run out after her, laughing. <laughs> I do love the way it's written, though, where it's like, McGonagall is like, uh, no, don't, that's rude. Anyway, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> no, stop, please. police. Don't go, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Gene Wilder and uh, that's Willy exactly Walker, the that's what I, Factor. That's exactly what I'm quoting, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, Haley, I was like on the uh, same page with my memes. Hell yeah. Haley is my meme generator. As are you mine. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna need to see some more memes out of both of you if that's the case. Our memes come out of are of the oral variety. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're oral th- memes are just jokes. Yeah, they're jokes with meme references. You you want you want to argue the etymology of a <laughs> meme versus a reference versus a joke? No, I don't because I think the etymology of meme literally comes from like repeated wordplay. It, it comes it comes from memetics. I believe you. Uh, anyway, I'll dig into that surely on some other podcast at some point in my life. <laughs> it's the last night of term. Everyone's heading down to the feast, and Harry's like, nah. Nah, but you ain't got time for that, people. No. Oh, I would prefer not to. <sighs> he knows that Dumbledore's gonna, like, make an announcement about it, because he do- he did that last year after the whole Goblet of Fire incident. 
and that one was hard for Harry, and he's like, well, we're not doing that again. <laughs> or or after the third or second or first, like, every time Harry and his friends go off, they get some, like, They get a post- speech at the end of the year. A speech at the end of the year, like, 50 points to Gryffindor. It's true. Ugh. It's true. They don't deserve it. <laughs> Harry's packing. He finds the package that Sirius gave him before the school year started. You know, when Sirius was like, if you need me, use this. And then 10 months later, no, like six months later, Harry was like, I need him and doesn't use it. (laughs) It's the mirror. Oh, the mirror. He looks into it. He says Sirius's name, but nothing changes. And then he throws it and shatters. Uh, he tries it a couple times too, and he like he compares it to the mirror of Eris said because like no, that it's bad. that didn't not work, you know. I saw my parents. He hasn't exactly no. had like closure. Like Sirius just kind of like went through a hole. Like it's it's like there there's like a body or like like a jar to carry around. Yeah, it's, as, it, as much as I shit on Harry for being super emo and irrational and uh, just like lashing out irrationally during this whole book uh, considering that he has had like so like few healthy adult relationships to model after like if Harry were to take like one of like the estate surveys where it's asking you about adverse childhood experiences, like Harry would probably check off every single one. And then just looking at his future life and like, oh, you're gonna have so many like health issues and like God's bless, but like yeah. Like now I'm looking back at it as an adult and I'm like, eh, I can't really cringe too hard. I may mean, still yeah. cringe, but yeah, considering his reactions when like the only person that he had to who was not necessarily even in his own right. Like, Sirius is a cool character, but was he a good parental no. figure or a guardian? Uh, no, he gave no. it his all, but he had he had a lot to learn. Like, yeah, he had, he, and not a lot to work with. And not yeah. a lot to work with. But he was giving it his all. Yeah, and when, like, the penal system is not as... is just as unforgiving in the wizarding world as it is in the human world, like... Sirius had zero chances of actually reintegrating into society and being that figure that Harry needed. But right. also, I'm yeah. not sure it was in his spirit. Like, no, Sirius. Sirius always. Sirius was always going to have fun uncle energy. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that like he would have been the worst possible guardian for Harry. Like, he would definitely be better than the Dursleys. But like. Would he be a good parent? Not necessarily. But none of us really know our fathers, do we? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Sirius could have done okay because mostly because Harry is already fifteen. Like a lot of you're, you can only do so much when you become guardian at fifteen. You know okay. what I mean? I'm sorry with all the shit that Harry has been going through. He is already at the age of fifteen doing such hard drugs, like. They're like he, he is smoking weed every day, like probably chain smoking cigarettes. Like getting- in the mo- it, do you remember in the movie at, at the beginning of the Order of the Phoenix movie, 
he is like out in this. I, it is in the books too, but in the movie, I feel like the aesthetic. He's just like out in like the summer, like heat, like on the playground, and it's like deserted. deserted. And he's just sitting there, and I'm like, he definitely. Maybe this is the beginning of the sixth one. No, no, no it's, it's it, one yeah, it's the fifth one. It's just like the suburban hellscape of Privet Drive. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, he's for sure smoking weed. Any kid in that scene is smoking weed. Honestly, if this book had more like a more of a YA lean to it, then Harry would would have figured out how to make peace with Dudley to the point of, hey, bro, can you help me score an ounce? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know Dudley's smoking weed. Dudley, yeah, for sure. if he's not, he's totally dealing it. Mm. No, he's smoking it. <gasps> oh. I believe it in my soul. Like recognizes like. I don't think he's cool enough to be dealing it, but maybe when he's older. Maybe like no, 16, 17 year old Dudley. A lot of idi- a lot of dumbasses sell weed. That's one thing I've learned in life. On, honestly, <laughs> you know what? If anyone's selling it, though, it's Pierce Polkas. Oh, Pierce fucking Polkas. Isn't that a fucking weed Definitely. dealer name? Yes. That's Dudley like Craigslist gets, Mike. That's Dudley gets in on it. He never lets himself get caught. Pierce Polkas. The cops know that kid's name, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they they're coming for Pierce, but Dudley's the one making the moves behind the scenes. No, Dudley's the muscle. Dudley's the muscle. Okay. Do you think Dudley has money? Like, do you think his parents give him money? Of course of they course. do. Just like a bunch of money he, all the time. I think they give him money, and I think he steals money out of his mom's purse and doesn't even think about it as stealing. Whoa. Yeah. No, she doesn't care. Do you think they have? Do they like have money? They have I think enough that, money like, to have like a company car. I would think they're upper or middle money. upper middle class. They're upper middle okay. class enough that they feel compelled to make a point of being upper middle class. I still think or, or maybe they're like <laughs> middle class but like or lower middle class but they're just like all petunias so just That's like up they, with like are they keep, pretending keep, keeping up with the joneses yeah that oh they're I definitely of- keeping up with the joneses but like i think it's a big point of pride for because keep in mind this is like the this is like the 90s so you could still have like a single breadwinner household technically so and like vernon is pretty high up in his company and britain is very mm-hmm. class conscious so this is a situation where what it means to be middle class or upper middle class has changed. It no longer means that you have household staff, like a cook and a housekeeper at the very least. It no no longer means that you definitely have a nanny, but But they're living in the suburbs. Right. But like you still have like luxury items. So that's how you show off. They could afford canonically. They could afford a PlayStation before the PlayStation was released. Where did they get that? Yeah. Yeah. Harry has an epiphany. He's like, Sirius Black is probably a ghost right now. <gasps> Wait a second, I know ghosts. There are ghosts all over the place. This place is lousy with ghosts. Where's a ghost? He's like, obviously Sirius Black would become a ghost. And like, to me, truly, that if that feels like so delusional to me because like definitely Sirius Black would never want to be a ghost. Gryffindor's, well, I guess the fucking nearly held this necklace of Gryffindor, but I feel like Sirius Black, well, Fuck you, Neely Headless Nick is like, I was a coward. Yeah. Uh, he was a coward. And uh, so, it, I don't know. That's interesting how Gryffindors, who, like, are known for being brave and, like, going in, like, going out fighting, uh, if it, when finally faced with death, are just complete little, they shit their pants. 
Well, I do kind of, uh, like, this goes back to my theory about the houses, which is that, like, it's not necessarily the traits that you have, it's the traits that you most value. Often you'll have the traits that you, like, if you value a trait, you'll try to cultivate that in yourself. So a lot of Gryffindors would then be brave, a lot of Ravenclaws would then be smart. But that doesn't mean it's impossible to have a stupid Ravenclaw or, like, a, a treacherous Hufflepuff or a cowardly Gryffindor like Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I don't think Neville is... That's just, he starts out cowardly and then grows courageous. Mm-hmm. Neville can stand up for himself when it comes down to it. Yeah. But that's um, because he values... It takes a great deal of courage. It, it takes, takes a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of motivation him but like he can get there because he values courage so much because he's grown up hearing about his parents i feel like so many dumbledore isms would just end up being like motivational posters that are hanging up in dr Fron's office like (laughs) it takes a great deal more courage to steal up to your friends or like you only like a kitten hanging from a branch (laughs) yeah or like one one like you can only find truth in darkness. One only has to know have the courage to turn off the light or some bullshit. Yeah, which I totally have. I butchered, but I have hanging on a sign downstairs. In my head. They're probably hanging <laughs> all over St. Mungo's. Let's be real. Yeah, Harry goes and chases down Nearly Headless Nick. Um, nearly Headless Nick is like, let's not do this. <laughs> and Harry's, and Harry's like, like, what no, if we did, no. though? What if we did? We must. Can we talk in this empty room where you have no uh, obvious means of polite escape? Well, um, Harry holds open the door for nearly headless Nick, but he goes through the wall anyway, and I think that's funny. (laughs) Power move. It is. It really is. And, like, nearly headless Nick definitely, he... It's like, yeah, let's just get this over with. Every time someone has a loss, like, I just have to sit through this and, like, he probably has a speech ready. Like, if he could, he'd have note cards prepared. Yeah. Well, we've established that ghosts <laughs> can send each other letters for well, some yeah, he, fucking he reason. Make, he could make a PowerPoint, maybe. PowerPoint party. Have someone make him a PowerPoint about, so your Computers don't died. work on Hogwarts. <laughs> Crowds, Christina, there's too much magic in the air. So your dad slash dad figure just died. Here's Here's what you need to know. Because Harry starts, like, barraging Nick with all these questions about death. And Nick's like, I literally don't know anything more than you do. No, like, that's kind of the whole point, bro. Like, no, I'm a ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm a ghost. Therefore, I know nothing about the other side. That's I chose that's differently. Yeah, I'm not on the other side. I'm here. Okay, so then Harry walks away and he runs into Luna Lovegood. Good person to run into. She expects nothing from you. I'm not sure about y'all, but, like... After seeing the movies, Luna is really the, like, for me, one of the most characters where I cannot imagine, like, when when I grew up reading these books, I had versions of my own, like, of the characters in my head. But with Luna, she was just, like, the one character where, like, after I saw the movies, like, this is just how she looks and talks. Yeah, that's kind of true for me as well. Like, I remember having a different image in my head but like she wasn't that different so it just no, like see, seeing solid. yeah no seeing the movie it felt like uh like when your friend's been telling you about an old friend of theirs for years and then you finally meet them in person and you're yeah. like i kind of had an image of you and 
this isn't quite what I was imagining, but same vibe exactly, and I can edit it very easily. When I finally look up a picture of the podcaster that I'm really vibing with, <laughs> I'm like, you look like that? My friend Lainey and I, when we were kids, used to read Luna Love Good's parts aloud to each other, practicing our British accent, and we were going to go audition to play her in the movie. We didn't do that, but wouldn't it have been cool Aww, if we did? Aw, that's sweet. Luna Lovegood is gathering all her lost possessions that people have stolen yep. from Which, her over the year. Like, can we talk about this? Yep. Yeah. And but she also mentions Astor's, he hangs up posters. Like, they always come back. So how much of this is, like, people taking things from Luna and others, like, Luna misplacing things and then just perceiving that other people just took them from her instead of her remembering she misplaced them? Hmm. I can see her misplacing things, but I feel like she would have, uh, like, like an ADHD kind of sense for, like, no, 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 I remember that I left it in the bathroom because I was thinking about those notes in the bathroom and I was checking them while I was washing my hands and I just never picked it up. No, I do remember. I do remember where it was. Yeah, I can see that too. And also I kind of feel called out because I like low-key feel that my entire life I like have I do have ADHD, but like have never been formally diagnosed. So you just saying like, oh, you have like a photographic memory of where you lost the thing, but it's not there and you just don't know really where it is and where it happened after that. Like you remember yeah. where you lost you where you last had it, but Yeah, no, yeah. my my thing is like I it's photographic but only for like locations, so I can remember things based on where they happened. Uh and I can usually piece together a timeline from that. Yep. But uh in terms of like remembering people's birthdays, <laughs> no. I remember people's birthdays for Haley. Mm, yeah. Texted you about a birthday just today. Yes, yes you did. Thank you for that. I actually texted you about it twice. Well, I replied this time. <laughs> Spoilers, wasn't it, Andrew? Yeah, Andrew is experiencing an upcoming birthday. Woo. Poor sod. So, <laughs> so Luna shares that her mother died. Harry's like, she can see Thestrals. She understands. She's like, my mom died. Uh, she used, her mom like experimented with spells and then died when she was nine. She died when Luna was nine, like, in a spell mishap yeah, or something. Yeah, and, and, like, something that I do really like about this scene and, like, how it deals with, uh, like, Harry, Harry's reactions and, like, Harry kind of being in his little, his little grief vortex. Because it really does become, like, a vortex of, like, oh, I'm justified, actually, in reacting however I act and, like, actually no one can say shit. Like, no one can say shit. It's two, if it's two weeks after your dad died, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You, okay. Like, you kind of can. And, and it's just, like, no one can be mad at you for, like, taking time off work. It, like, no one's right. going to try to talk you out of it. They can't. They're not allowed. It would break the social... It's so freeing. It really is. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, like... Harry's kind of been in this state of like, I don't give a shit if I'm rude anymore for like this. And keep in mind, this is a British guy thinking yeah. I don't give a shit about social pleasantries. And then, but then Luna's like, I don't care. I don't care either. Yeah. I, and like, I see you. And, and like this moment right here where like, 
Luna also doesn't give a shit and, like, doesn't react if he's rude to her, but he realizes, like, oh, oh, I, I feel really bad for you right now. You're having a really hard, like, I'm having a hard time, but you also are having a genuinely very hard time right now. And, like, that's kind of what starts to snap Harry out of it. And, mm-hmm. like, it just reminds me of how, uh, like, when I would hang out with you or Brooke or Emma or anybody else uh, in, you know, like, the month or so after I first lost my dad, people would keep catching themselves complaining about literally anything. Like, I've been having problems with my boyfriend. He's being kind of shitty. Like, we're trying to buy a house and, like, it's the realtor's fucking us over or, like, we just can't find anything and I'm getting kind of nervous and, oh my god, I shouldn't be complaining to you right now. I am so sorry. And, like, no, 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 please keep going. (laughs) Tell me about your friend in Chicago who almost joined a cult. (laughs) (laughs) but the co and co misery right it's it really like there's there's an upper limit to how sad you can be physically like it's feelings do come from emotions and after a certain point they kind of burn themselves out and like then you just kind of drift for a bit while they replenish themselves and so, like, being able to sympathize with somebody else who's also having a tough time, especially if it's a tough time that has nothing to do with what's going on with you, it's it's kind of relaxing. It's, you know, you don't have to change your mindset or pretend to be in a good mood, but you can at least sit there and be like, man, that does suck. I'm sorry, bro. So I would say the closest thing for me in terms of, like, losing someone unexpected who... I was really close with was like my uncle who and my aunt my dad's sister um like just like my brother and I'm like my dad's really close with his sister like my uncle was like a second dad to me and he passed away like when like very unexpectedly um and just like the grief that comes after that and my aunt like having to be a widow when like at still like a fairly like young age and mm-hmm. she, like, going through therapy was just like, you know what? Like, and the biggest advice she gave to me and Zach and Zach's mom and everyone that, like, went through, like, a couple of years later. Because it was just, like, really eerie. My uncle passed away from esophageal cancers. Like, so did Zach's dad. Like, and there was, just, like, a lot of overlap. And, like, my aunt always said, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. So I, I think that's something here, like, when people have died and, like, when you're on the opposite side, right? Where, like, it's not, like, not your family member that's passed, but someone that you're trying to comfort and you just don't know what to say or you don't want to be, like, awkward or presumptuous. Like, you don't want to, like, impose on them or, like, tell them how they should grieve or feel. And so just also, but, like, having that permission because, like, being, like, the tentpole that holds up, like, like, you know, for me, like, I was just, like, cooking constantly and just, like, keeping everything else around, like, keeping normal. And it's just, like, a little phrase that I think really goes a long way for everybody, like, so. Yeah, it does. We, we live in a very, like, positivity-saturated culture of, like, mm-hmm. don't be negative. If you think negative thoughts, then negative things will come your way. But if you think positive thoughts, then everything will turn out fine. Shut wow. up. Shut <laughs> up. That's not how anything works. That is not how anything works. If you are upset, (laughs) 
Just let yourself be upset. Write it out. And yeah. let people around you write it out if they need to. Yeah, be like, I'm mad. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've learned to do that in my marriage. I'm like, today's not the day for you. So you should try again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good to just be open and honest with people mm-hmm. about where you're at and yeah. and like why something is important to you. If somebody doesn't know why something is important to you and you don't emphasize that, then they're not going to treat it like it's important and you're going to feel slighted unless you tell mm. them why it's important to you. Wow. Everyone in Harry Potter. Yeah, are... he really does just need to be talking to anyone about anything. Anyone needs to be talking to anyone about anything. Sirius needs to be saying like, hey, this is a mirror that lets us talk to each other. Use it if you really need to chat. I'm not going to go anywhere. That's all anyone needed to say. That would have fixed everything. No, no, no. It had to be a surprise. But instead, we're all going to not talk about our feelings except to Luna. And then we're going to end the semester and they're going to all get on the Hogwarts Express and just everything's going to be all hunky-dory and we're just going to end this and, you know, no one's going to think about anything negative. Narrator voice, but it was not hunky-dory. Well, I mean, we did get to turn Malfoy and Crabbe and Goyle into slugs. That was fun. (laughs) Um, it, It actually, as our friend Jay pointed out in an email a week or two or three ago, Harry actually does start Half-Blood Prince, like, kind of moved on from this. <laughs> yeah. It it's happens a, very quickly. It's like, all right. It's bye, like a whatever. summer romance, you know? It's amazing what will happen, like, after you go away for three months. Like, everyone, when you sign your yearbooks, it's the end of the school year. And you're like, oh, my God, Lilas, don't catch, like, keep in touch. Don't ever change. <laughs> and then you come back and, like, it's the next school year. And, They've like, changed. everyone's like, oh, yeah, uh, I... I that is kind of a major complaint of mine like I, I think something that bothers me about Sirius's character and always did is that he represents a lot of the uh like missed opportunities in this series for like deepening the world building and like the implications of all of this wacky shit and like like this whole grieving process, yeah, it's really good for these, like, two chapters. And then, like you said, Alex, we get to book six, and Harry's just like, what about uh, my best friend's younger sister, though? I'm I'm 16, I'm horny, I'm cute, uh-huh. I'm the Quidditch captain, let's Dude, go. The next, book, let's go. the next book is so fun. But I'm they, so excited for Half-Lip Prince. Half-Lip Prince is one of, like, the best, but also, like, we had to end this book, like, letting everyone know that Ginny was, like, super available. Uh, I mean, not no, to... She's, no, she's she, in Dean she, Thomas. She, like, she was super available for three seconds, and then was like, mm. but I've already moved on because Teen Thomas is, like, so <laughs> I love, like, the, like, Ron's whole reaction here of just, like... Looks directly at Harry. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's not involved, but he is invested. He's... Like, he's as invested as someone who's, like, really, really into a trashy dating show. Like, he's upset that she was with someone who wasn't good enough for her, but also, like, doesn't want her to be with anybody else. Like, and she's just sitting there not giving a shit. She doesn't care. Which I respect. Yeah. The train ride home is cute. Harry and Ron are playing chess. We feel good, which is, like, 
Malfoy and the cronies come come trying to fight, and it's like, and we got him, you know, and we got him. Yep. <laughs> they see uh, Harry sees. Uh, oh no, does he see Cho? Oh yeah, Cho passes with Marietta with fucking scarves or whatever it says covering. Yeah, a balaclava. Her permanent a balaclava. Yep. Oh, and then that scars a fucking balaclava covering her permanent blemishes? That's fucked. I yep. thought this was baklava at first. And <laughs> She's just got baklava smeared on her face. She's just been going <laughs> ham. Going ham with the baklava. <laughs> okay, so then the train slows down into King's Cross Station. Harry is like, what if I sit here for the rest of my life? <laughs> Relatable. And then he's like, no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. Okay, no, no, British, then, British social contract. Gotta do what everyone else is doing. <laughs> Moody, Tonks, Lupin, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, and Fred and George wearing matching dragon skin suits. Uh, they're all they're all here to fetch the children. And they came to speak with Vernon and Petunia. This is an intervention. Yeah. I do like, but- like, the, this whole chapter is full of just everyone... That is Harry's ally being like, oh, I don't care anymore. Like, McGonagall shows up and uh, verbally bitch slaps Snape. Uh, they curse the fuck out of Malfoy, yeah. Crab, and Goyle because they're like, who's going to punish us? Like, literally who? Uh, like, <laughs> And then, uh-huh. like, all of these responsible adults show up for Harry and they're like, has Dumbledore sanctioned this? Who knows? Who cares? They're tired of waiting. They have clearly been wanting to do this for years. And mm. they are going to confront the fucking Dursleys. They don't care anymore. It's yeah. beautiful. It is beautiful. I argue that, like, maybe do it sooner. I, I don't know. I think that they were being held back and no one's holding them back anymore. Just, like, don't allow yourself to be held back. They're British held social back. contract. Just, they just have to be polite. What you need to say. Nope. British right. social contract. They have to be polite. So Mr. Weasley leads the charge, which, like, I think smart move. He's, like, an amicable gentleman. Mm-hmm. No, it's like uh, it's like when we send Sean, uh, Sean. to negotiate with people at festivals uh, when <laughs> there's been an incident. Sean is an intersection of Arthur Weasley and Remus Lupin. He's oh, in the middle there. That's oh. so true. <laughs> and I love it. He's a gentle gentleman. Oh, God. Imagine <laughs> Sean is a werewolf, though. <laughs> he would feel so spicy. He'd feel like, guys, I literally turned into a werewolf. <laughs> feeling squirrely, Sean? No, I'm feeling wolfy. When he's hyper, I um, Basically, they just threaten Uncle Vernon, and then he's like, do I look like a man who can be intimidated? And Mad-Eye Moody like, whips out his crazy magical eye, and Uncle Vernon reacts. Like, like, like falls backwards into a luggage trolley or something. (laughs) It's my favorite line. (laughs) I love, like, the good cop, bad cop energy of Arthur Weasley and Mad-Eye Moody. My favorite part, (laughs) besides the whole threat from Moody, is how Petunia is very off-put by Tonk's pink hair. And just thinking how, like... In like the like our modern times, like you know, you cross the street and like five people have like different color, like pink and bronze yeah. and like crazy hair. I think the, the, isn't the language like it was more offensive to her than all the rest? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like and I, like and she keeps closing thing. her eyes rather than look oh. at her. <laughs> Having pink hair 
is so fun and liberating. Are you joking me? The fact that Petunia is like so off put. It doesn't matter about the weird like that they're being kind of confronted by strangers and like her husband has been threatened. It's no, this woman has pink hair and she is going outside the societal norm. She's colored outside of the lines and this cannot stand. <laughs> Look at her piercings. This makes me want to have pink hair even harder now. She might oh. be a lesbian. <laughs> no, let's be real. Like, we can't talk about how Tongs gives me such, like, big envy, like, or lesbian vibes. Like, we can't. I, I, I it's mean, so, it's it's right so upsetting. It's so upsetting. Uh, perhaps we could talk about that during one of uh, our summer bonus episodes, Alex, Ooh, right? Teasers. <laughs> More to come. Uh, they all say goodbye. Goodbye, Tati bye. Mrs. Weasley is like, I'll get you out of that house in two to four weeks. Because as a reminder, that's the random amount of time that the blood love magic that your mother has cast upon you requires you to be with your Aunt Petunia to keep the charm going. So I'll see you in four weeks. Isn't that so random and- Stupid and makes you want to just punch a tree. Yeah, like, it's like it's like as long as this is fucking mailing address or something. Like, what what exactly yeah. are the terms here? It's like, can, can we use like the, the whole like strategy that I'm using, where it's like, oh, like everything, like I have some mail that comes directly to my house, but other mail that's strategically sent to my future mother-in-law's house in the county, so like I can have cheaper car insurance like yeah i do not have that i mean that's kind of what i'm thinking like is that how this works because i like remember that time mrs and mr weasley uh almost kidnapped harry can we transfer this to a p.o box like how does this work yeah yeah no seriously remember the time the weasleys almost kidnapped harry themselves like before their sons did it for them that was oh, that yeah. was three years ago. Like she's her secret. Like she has been restraining herself for so long. And yeah, that's a good point. They kidnapped him in the first book, or not the Weasleys, but like you know, like even. Uh, well, yeah, but that and, was and, Dumbledore's sanctioned. Oh she's been God. wanting, like, she's trying to get him out of that house. God, I feel. God, I love Molly. I I just like it, it's so infuriating. Just like the fact that like they need a fucking sign permission form to go on a field trip to Hogsmeade. Right. What is this bullshit? Like, this is not, like, wizards could just, like, conjure up. No, no, Alex, Alex, they're walking nuclear bombs. Like, it's, these are, these are wizard children. They're not fully in control of anything that they do. Imagine if there was, imagine if they got loose. (laughs) Right when the marauders got loose? I feel like just, like, you know how in elementary school or preschool you had those little, like, ropes that all had the handles on them where kids had to hang on and you oh, were going in your line. way too poor for that. What? I didn't do that. Yeah, I definitely did. Oh. No, we were just expected to follow each other. Well, and we kind was, of did. That was like in kindergarten, but like when you're talking with like, like little itty bitty children and you're like at a daycare or something and you like have to go on a field trip, they will always have those like little ropes with like little uh like handles on them and they're like all right children so instead of like you know a teacher hanging on to like 10 million children's hands they're like all ho- holding on to like this rope that's how i feel I've, like, like i've seen that out in the wild but like my my preschool simply did not go on field trips that's the solution when you don't have a rope i you just don't feel, have rope funding i just feel like that's how it has to be here like it's like they put like either a, like everyone has to hang on the rope as they go into hogs yeah. or like they just 
throw on just, some like wristbands that prevents yeah, them from like doing everyone magic. Everyone out of the way. Everyone out of the way. We, they can't uh, control themselves. How did we get talking about Hogsmeade here at the end of Order of the Phoenix? Because yeah, yeah, of the, the stupid... It, it's a permission all, form. All of, the, all of the fucking regulations around these children and where they go and who with. Oh, I see. Okay. But, like, I'm just saying, like, letting There's them loose out in the wild. You There's don't, a difference between permission forms and blood magic. You don't need to have a permission form to let a child completely come and just room and board stay with you for eight months out of the year like no questions asked and just like <laughs> you, you do know, if Dumbledore keeps saying no but like, then you don't if you stop caring what Dumbledore says but as soon as they leave the premises of the school like where they're officially a liability like our liability insurance doesn't go that far so that's why we need you to sign this permission form basically <sighs> um okay y'all let's reel it in because we, I'm gonna cry. I we just finished Order of the Phoenix. You did it, Nostrovia. Do you guys want to do another shot? I already yes. have my porn. Wait, no, so. it's oh god, it's. Uh, I'll just chug this. Oh, oh, I, I, I thought we were. Are, are we're not waiting? No, like I've, I've just. I, I'm trying to get it a little, like, it, I've got it mixed with the ginger ale right now. So I'm just I trying you. to get it down to, like, a so reasonable level for me to shoot it. So you're a weak-ass bitch who hasn't finished their drink yet. Like, My tra- totally. I've, been tra- I've been refilling it this whole time. What are you talking about? Okay, okay, okay. To the end. To the end of Order of the Phoenix. To the Huzzah. end of Order of the Phoenix. Huzzah. Huzzah. Yes. Huzzah. God damn it. I grow ever closer to the end of this godforsaken book series in one Day, I will rise above Harry Potter. <laughs> like a just phoenix. Like phoenix. For, just like, just from like Harry phoenix. Potter. <laughs> and cheers to that. Great. Man, I'm so messy. I, sp- I spill everything every time. I actually did that, that very neatly. That's sad. Uh, Haley, what are some final thoughts that are bouncing around in your brilliant little brain? Um... I'll abbreviate this one. Uh, so I didn't actually realize until I was like preparing for this episode that my dad was born the same year as Sirius Black. I like started doing some very general math and then started wondering if maybe he was. And then I looked it up like a reasonable modern person. And uh, that kind of led me to realize, uh, or, or I guess form a theory. I think the first Wizarding War happened because of the moon landing. Okay. The moon landing happened in 1969, <laughs> yes? We went to the moon in 1969, not 1970, but a year sooner. And before that and after that, like, the Cold War was going on, and, like, there were nukes, and people were talking about, like, literally ending the world over in Muggle land. Sure. Okay, so here's my theory. Nine years old. You are a wizard. You are a pure blood wizard from a family that doesn't think that muggles are sentient or human, much less capable of anything impressive. And yet you keep hearing that someone landed on the moon. We There's evidence. We went evidence. to the moon we in 1969. 
That's so funny, Alex, because I was watching Hulu's Aaron Carter documentary oh, earlier today, gosh. and Gr- Christy Carlson Romano was talking on it. Oh, well, I, that's totally not bookmarked for me to be watching later tonight. So. Oh my god, it's very depressing. Okay, maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah, watch it when you're feeling a lot. It was not good preparation for this chapter. <laughs> no. People dying everywhere. Teen idols. I'm feeling it. People die all the time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Happens a lot. Only a few of them become ghosts. My friend just posted on Facebook the other day that like, what is your first concert? And her answer was Aaron Carter. And I had to be like, oh, R.I.P. Like, you'll never get that revival tour. Sean's first concert was Aaron Carter. Amazing. Was it? Amazing. It, It literally was. And guys, listen. I was watching... I love Sean so much. I was watching this Aaron Carter documentary and it's like 50 minutes long. And Sean came in after like 15 or 20 minutes and sat down and was sitting there for so long before he finally at long last picked up on the past tense in the documentary and was like, are you, are they saying that Aaron Carter died? And I was like, yeah, babe. Wait, when, wait, okay. I'm having a Sean moment. Cause I think he died approximately six months ago. Really? And then Sean's like, what? I heard nothing. (laughs) Yeah, he died six months ago by drowning in his bathtub. But also, Haley, I feel like if you sat down for an an Aaron Carter documentary that was released this year, you would detect within a cool 30 seconds that this man was currently Oh, yeah, no, if if they were talking, like, I was... I was starting to wonder a little earlier in this conversation, and then you con- kind of confirmed for me. So, uh, I'm not, yeah, six months <laughs> early. I, I'm not trying to hate I'm on Aaron. Prox. I'm not trying to hate on Aaron Carter. Like, I'm sure he made valuable contributions and uh, outside of his, like, new discography, whatever. But, like, the only reason in the year of our Lord, like, 2023, that there would be an Aaron Carter documentary is if he either like died or like won a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. So. so like I like I yeah. think I had heard some stuff about like uh, allegations about abusive, you know, any any young film or music star really like that those kinds of allegations aren't unlikely. Um, so I feel like I had heard something about that some years ago. But yeah. I was never invested enough in Aaron Carter or Nick Carter or anything boy band related to remember. It's almost as if trauma or being a childhood star or dealing with these types of issues as a young adult will drive you to substance use, which is something that is not covered at all for, you know, obvious reasons. Right, but yeah. Harry so, like, would have totally been, yeah. Yeah, no, like, uh, so I would not have been surprised by an Aaron Carter documentary if there had been, like, stuff going on that I hadn't heard about, because clearly there was stuff going on that I hadn't heard about. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know he was dead. Huh. The more you know! And, guys, I'm just saying he was a dad. Was he? Wow, I was yeah. really at, I, I was never in that loop. We we established a couple of days ago that I, I can't distinguish sync from Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Much like I can't distinguish, I, who is it? Taylor Swift it from matter. fucking, not Hannah Montana, matter. whatever. Miley Cyrus, Miley that one. Cyrus. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Aaron Carter is, we dedicated this episode to the dads, and Aaron Carter Carter is is another dad dad. dad. (laughs) Oh. 
<laughs> it's all it's dads all the way down. That's but, uh, all the way down. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty sure uh, that the first Wizarding War popped off because of the moon landing. Because imagine, oh imagine being I a shitty. That's what we were talking. Imagine about. being a shitty purebolt wizard who's been trying to insist this whole time that Muggles are idiots who can't do anything, and then they land on the moon, and now you have to mm. prove your superiority. I'm just saying. I feel like the Wizarding World was already kind of in the middle of a culture war, and I would have liked to see more of that because I think Sirius had an interesting cultural journey. Oh, that's those are my final thoughts. Wow. Okay. Incredible, Alex. What are your final thoughts about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? Yeah, we just finished. She, <laughs> she said disdainfully, keeping this succinct. Um. Uh, to be honest, I think I said this on the last time I was on the show, um, this was, spoilers, the only Harry Potter book that I never finished until- Oh, shit. Until now. I, I forgot about that, Alex. I, I fucking just, like, because when I, fig- like, realized that I had never, like, like, or that I was on the wrong episode, like, that I feel this is a fate happening, like, I never, when I was- finishing this or reading this book back when the books were still coming out i went to the midnight book premiere with brooke and i had it finished order the phoenix because i could not deal with harry and his emo bullshit and when Mm. jk killed sirius i fucking rage quit and like she was just like all right well i'm just gonna like tell you like the last like couple hundred pages of this book and then you can start reading half-blood prince i guess so I, it has come full circle, like, my final journey, I That's incredible. incredibly, like, I, it was fate that I read, or thought that we were, I was gonna be on for a different chapter, I read the <laughs> chapter directly after Sirius's death, through the end, and, like, here we are, and my thoughts have not changed, this is still my least favorite Harry Potter book, and... Yeah, boo! I'm so glad it's over and more importantly i'm happy for you tina and your mental health this is over and i'm gonna do something that be i'm gonna do a better job than dumbledore ever did with harry and beyond ask like babe how you feeling how are you doing are you okay yeah yeah how how where are we at where are we at here's the thing order of the phoenix is what I really needed to help me, like, truly not not enjoy Harry Potter anymore. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm on this character arc. And I think I'm going to come back around and find a balance in the next two books. But I fucking hate this book with all my heart. And I... It makes me feel like I'm so powerful. Because I would never let a book like this go into the world. There's so much <laughs> there were there was. You know... No, it's like, that's, it's... What do you mean by that? Yeah, You know when you're editing something and the writer uses, like, there were doors all down the left corridor. Like, all right, mm. we don't necessarily need to know that unless those doors are important, but either way, are we going to phrase it there were? Yeah, like, what are they doing? There, are they there's anything. No, there's anything, anything is more interesting than there were. There were. Yeah, that's... There were, there was. Like, avoid that at all costs, quite frankly. Like, it's. Indeed. Free writing advice from Haley Simpson. Yeah, yeah. I'm a font of knowledge. <laughs>
Is that that? Are we ready to move to plugs? Is that the end of Order of the Phoenix? Are we just going to leave it behind? No, we're not because we're going to be back next week with the movie. And then we're going to be back next week with um, our group therapy episode. And then over the summer, and by summer I mean June, we're going to have some fun bonus episodes. Ooh. A little bit of unlocked Patreon content. A little bit of maybe like a collab with the other pods on the network. Um, and then the A Half-Blood Prince pregame episode will drop on July 12th. Why would you do so that to yourself? Why would you write, come back right before your birthday? Because it, <laughs> because I like to work. Work. And I like to make pod. Work, 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 work. I like to work. I like to make pod. Uh, I'm fucking working on my next project, which I'm going to announce here on the restricted section in the next couple months, which I'm very excited about. More on that to come. All right, let's move into plugs. Alex, where can people listen to your dulcet tones on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, I'm Alex. She, her host uh, or co-host of my cabbages and avatar podcast, just like Christina. Uh, we have just come to a pretty big milestone in our podcast. We just finished season three and the whole avatar, the last airbender series. And we had the pleasure to have none other than the namesake of our podcast himself, Mr. James C the cabbage man for our last episode. So Go check us out wherever you get podcasts for our last episode. We're going to be taking, just like Tina, a break over the summer. We're not overachievers like she is. And we're probably going to be taking a longer break than she will and coming back right in like the early fall for Cora. So we're really excited for that. And um, you can go and check out our backlog too. You can find us on, uh, no longer on Twitter because fucking long must. And you can find us on Instagram um, at MyCabbageCast or by emailing us at gmail, MyCabbageCast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon. And uh, for my plug outside of my awesome podcast, I will say everyone should check out the new book that I just read that was my second favorite book of uh, 2023 so far. It's called Master of Gin by P. Uh, Dejali Clark. Uh, it, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You were talking about this one in book club, right? Yes, I was, which is another perk. You should, if you've joined our Patreon and are of any of the... For as little as a dollar a month, you do can have access to the <sighs> Day of Sex Media Network book club. Yeah. And um, I am so jealous that I didn't do this for an actual Day of Sex Media book club, uh, but it, it follows a super wonderful, like, kind like mask uh lesbian like protagonist who is a like film noir like dresses in suits and it's set in like a 1912 art alternative steampunk cairo where like the like civilization or uh colonization of egypt never happened they kicked the fucking british out and then there's like gin and demons and angels and magic and this like it's a film noir like crime thing uh and it Oh my god! Clear and it's awesome. So please go check it out. And I what a wonderful description. Yeah, it was my um, it was my read like for Arab American uh month, which was one of the many things that are celebrated in April. And um, nice. it also has a short story called a dead gin in Cairo, which I uh, if you buy like when I bought my copy at my local bookstore, uh, it included like 
the short story uh, that inspired the whole novel at the end. Oh, so re- oh, cool. read that first, or if you're not sure about the book, like, if you're going to be into it, read the short story first, and that will, like, it's the same main character and um, her love interest that saved the world. So, yeah, if you're not sure, check that out and then read the full book. So Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Rick. I'm excited about that book. Uh, Haley, where can people find you on the internet? Per Alex's note about uh, Twitter, which I always hated, um, you can currently find me approximately nowhere. Um, you can see old Instagram posts of mine if you want to search the writ to wit on there. Uh, but <laughs> I don't like photography and I'm not good at it. Uh, so I'm probably not going to be on, on there much. Uh, That's okay, Haley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for my plug, um, I'm going to once again recommend the Bruce Springsteen Dancing in the Dark uh, music video. If you did that's not, still, that's still open on my computer. If you did not obey my command to go watch it earlier, I do highly recommend it. Uh, Monica from Friends does show up, but everything else about that music video, like <laughs> that was an Dog. actual show that he was playing. And like, he just had to do that song a couple of times and no one in the audience knew that like that girl was an actress who had been hired. So like, it was just magical. Like you can find these people in the comments talking about like, holy shit, I was there. So like, this is an actual like concert and like, that's the music video and Bruce <laughs> okay. Springsteen's like, very 80s hot in it and again just take a moment to congratulate my mother for pulling a guy with that vibe in the 80s <laughs> i'm also i'm also going to uh quickly plug the writers guild of america strike um the yeah. writers in hollywood i uh, you can look this up and find uh resources to support the guild um their their aims uh, you can donate to them and in ge- like just in general find information about how not to cross that picket line. Uh, the last writer's strike gave us uh, a lot of great steps for creative control and all of that. And now it's kind of evolving with the age of streaming. Nice. So if okay. you yeah, if you've been sick of the way that the way the way media's been going lately, uh, you want to support these guys. Trust me. Hell Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. Tina, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. You know my other podcast, How Do I Book? And this week, I'm going to plug two things because they both have ghosts in them. And I felt like that was appropriate for this chapter. Number one, TV show. It's called Ghosts. (laughs) Yes! Oh, my God. I love this show. I, I use Zach's login. I It's the U.S. version. I know there's a U.K. version. Doesn't matter. The U.S. version is better. Sean and I have watched it and we enjoy it quite a bit. I <clears throat> It's like a workplace comedy if if your work was being a ghost or running an Airbnb. Yeah. God, both of those sound great. I want to be a ghost running a ghost Airbnb. <laughs> and then the my second plug is Cozy Grove, which is a game I've played before, uh, a game I've plugged before for fans of like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Disney's Dreamlight Valley, etc., that kind of game. But you're like a little, like, fucking, like, Girl Scout type character on an island full of bear ghosts. And you're helping the bear ghosts, like, come back to the land and come to terms with their own mortality. It's, like, very cute and very deep at the same time. I love this. And I'm trying not, I'm not going to steal your show. But if people love Cozy Grove 
and are looking mm-hmm. for another game in that similar vibe, you should uh, play Spiritfarer. So, Ooh, okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's on Steam and also Switch, I believe, and it's mm-hmm, my Switch. It's also about sparing like spirits on, but you like run kind of like a Airbnb for spirits, but you're on a ship and you travel to different places and like are helping. Now, that's your, what I want my life. To be. And you're and you're like basically on this giant houseboat and you're helping these spirits like travel around the world and come to terms with like their past and helping them move on to the afterlife. It's great. Sorry, I'm, I'm texting my sister about this right now. She loves bears so much. <laughs> Is it Emma? Yes. <laughs> uh, if she also loves bears, you should also play Bear and Breakfast. Which is stop uh, bear and breakfast. That's adorable. It is a game where you play a bear and you run various uh like bed and breakfast in different settings in the world, and it is adorable. Oh my god. Um, the reason that I have cozy growth on the brain, I gotta say, is because Michael Boothby just randomly texted me about it. (laughs) Aww. We love you, Michael Boothby. (laughs) He's not listening. He's like, I'm playing Cozy Grove to unwind after a hard day of work. I love this game. I just asked a cute bear if he wanted a hug, and he said yes. Oh, <laughs> With, like, a simping, smiley face. Why is every guy we know so fucking wholesome? Yeah. Because we've waited out the weak ones. We've waited out the we've waited out the douchebag. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> They're gone. They're Good all job, gone. us. It's, yeah. it's taken me a long we've time. We've curated these point. men well. And I'll end by saying, like, when I said earlier that, like, Zach and I are two Aries, and when you bring Aries together, there's going to be a pot that boils over eventually. But, like, Ugh. in real life, Zach is definitely, like, I am t- was born on the 22nd. His birthday is on the 26th. But let's be real, I am like wholehearted Aries and Zach is more so the Aries Pisces cuff because he's got that emotional like artist like sensitivity side that mm. I feel like I need to tap in sometimes and so I'll go and give him a hug. You know what I say sometimes? I think the purest relationships between people are the ones between people who think that they have something to learn from one another. Just like oh, all of y'all, and I learn something new from you every day. That's why I love all my friends so much. Haley, that's why all your friends are friends with you. You're the smartest person in every room. <laughs> that's so true. You know how I know you're telling the truth? Because you've never tried to force me to go out to competitive trivia. <laughs> you just like me for my random facts for no good reason. Your random facts are enough, Haley. Oh, You're good enough. Aw. Thanks, guys. Let it be enough. Well, surely that's got to be the end of the episode. I the assumed end of this Order was going to be the fade out. Oh, my gosh. Was this what you expected? If not, sorry. Like, well, you're here anyways. <laughs> so, ah, jokes on you. Bye. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you too, man. I love you. I love you, Alex and Haley, and I love you, listeners. I swear to God, the next book will be more fun. <laughs> Peace and love. Bye. I'll end on one of those. That ha- that one has more endings than Return of the King. It, we really Southern goodbye it. <laughs> That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. 
Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look at back at me. I'm on a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D and D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that, and Ang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d twenties. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> so go bending waterfall. We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. What kind of slum do you think this is? Because I'm one of my favorite people, and one of you is one of my favorite people, and the other one, well, you guys can just fight for who gets to be my favorite people. Dave X Media.